Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. For 45 minutes, the world wasn't sure what Joe Biden was going to say. And many thought he might even step down as being the president or announce he wasn't going to run for re-election. Why? Because the special counsel stated in the investigation of the classified documents at his home, next to his Corvette, at the library, that Biden, quote, willfully disclosed classified materials. But the problem is... His cognitive decline is so great that he could not stand trial. Another way of putting it, not only did Biden willfully retain classified documents, but basically they said he's too old, too mentally feeble to prosecute. And they said that he couldn't even remember when he was the vice president. He did not remember even within several years when his son, Bo, died. This all coming from the report in the interview with the special counsel. Biden also multiple times over multiple days could not remember the years in which he was the vice president of the United States of America. I'm going to read directly from the report in his interview with our office. Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was the vice president forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. It was 2013. When did I stop being vice president? Question mark. He asked and forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began in 2009, 2009, the president said, am I still the vice president? He did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died and his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. 
Among other things, the special counsel writes, he mistakenly said he had a real difference of opinion with a general when, in fact, that general, Carl Eikenberry, was an ally whom Mr. Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. The special counsel report says that Joe Biden could not remember any of this. Now, Biden's lawyers also were involved in a massive cover-up. His lawyer, writing to the special counsel, her, asking that he revise descriptions of the president's memory. Yes, that is begging for them to take out the facts. He said, noting, given voter concerns about his mental capacity. So they request that they, quote, revise your descriptions of President Biden. This is from the letter. That you revise your descriptions of President Biden's memory and revise them so that they are stated in a manner that is within the bounds of your expertise and remit. That is the cover-up. Now, I sat down at 1 o'clock in the morning with Senator Ted Cruz. As many of you know, I do a podcast with Senator Ted Cruz, and we talked about all this, and we broke it all down. It's so important that you hear what he had to say and our conversation that I'm going to play it for you in its entirety right now. This is my conversation about all this news and what it means moving forward with Senator Ted Cruz. Well, today, the U.S. Department of Justice released a formal report laying out the evidence that the sitting president of the United States is not competent to stand trial. That is extraordinary. Look, today was a big news day. Today, the Senate capitulated on securing the border and passed or or moved forward with the Ukraine funding bill. Today, the U.S. Supreme Court heard oral arguments in the Colorado case about whether Donald Trump should be thrown off the ballot. And what does it say that both of those have been relegated to the B and C story in every news broadcast in America? Well, that's because what broke later today was so damn big. Listen, you and I and and kind of anyone with eyes and common sense have been observing for a long time that Joe Biden's cognitive decline is massive. But it's easy for some observers to dismiss that and say, you know, these these guys are biased, they're partisans, they don't like Biden, so what they're saying is not true. In this instance, the people speaking are the Biden Department of Justice, and not any Department of Justice. This is a Department of Justice that has proven itself the most politicized and par- partisan Department of Justice in history. And They have argued, so for example, I'm going to read you a paragraph from the report. In his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was vice president. Forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended, quote, if it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began, quote, In 2009, am I still vice president? He did not remember, even within several years, when his son Bo died. And his memory appeared hazy 
when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said he, quote, had a real difference of opinion with General Carl Eitkenberry, when in fact Eitkenberry was an ally whom Mr. Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. All of that was authored by the Biden Department of Justice, and when they are describing the sitting president as a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory, the natural question for anyone to say is, holy crap, if he's not competent to stand trial, why is he the commander-in-chief with the authority to send our sons and daughters into harm's way? Why does he have access to the nuclear codes? Understand, the description here, they say you couldn't charge him with a crime because he's, he's not aware of enough to, to, to have the requisite mental intent. And yet Joe Biden tonight, if he so desired, could literally exterminate humanity from the face of the planet. As commander in chief, if he gave the order, launch the nuclear weapons now, unless the military refused to obey the commander in chief, Joe Biden could exterminate every life on this planet. And if he's not mentally competent to stand trial, that is terrifying. The other part, and I mentioned this at the beginning, and I want to play this for you on Fox. Kaylee McEnany, former White House press secretary, came out and talked about the shock in Washington, talked about the shock uh, of the president trying to respond in an angry way uh, to this report that had come out, holding this impromptu press conference. Listen to this saw an unmitigated disaster play out before our very eyes. We just watched a wounded political animal hobble to a podium and react with defensiveness, with anger. And you know it's bad, Jesse, when you have the White House press corps. They are essentially an extension of the Joe Biden press and communications team. When they are shouting at him, asking repeatedly, are you going to step aside, Mr. President? The CNN correspondent asking that. When NBC, NBC of all places, writes a headline, a nightmare special counsel report triggers panic among Democrats. And when you have a president who for 45 minutes announces a press conference with no topic, giving the world 45 minutes to speculate, is he stepping aside? What would life be like under a President Kamala Harris? For 45 minutes, the nation got to feel that panic, and I don't think they will forget it come November. Yeah, we were. By, by the way, Senator, this was real. I was in Fox News in New York City doing a hit when all this broke, and my phone exploded. Everyone in the building's phone was exploding with people asking the question, Oh, my gosh, is Joe Biden about to say he's stepping down or at the bare minimum say I am no longer running for president of the United States of America? That was real. And the entire world was thinking this, including our adversaries. Yeah, our adversaries, our allies, the Democrat Party. Look, we have talked about at length uh, how Democrats and their su supplicant cheerleaders in the media we're getting cold feet on Joe Biden. And, and I had previously said on this podcast that I thought the odds were about 50-50 that Democrats at the convention this coming summer 
would pull the cord on Joe Biden, yank him out and replace him with Michelle Obama. I have to say after today, I'm going to adjust those odds from 50-50 to about 65-35. I think they have increased substantially. I think it is now significantly more likely than not that Democrats will not have Joe Biden on the ballot. And, and listen, the problem is, if you're a Democrat hack and you're spinning, how do you spin this away? They're used to saying, oh, those are just partisans. Those are, are their f- favorite phrase, MAGA Republicans. Well, the one thing we know is the Biden Department of Justice, <laughs> they are not MAGA Republicans. And this is his own Department of Justice saying he has severely diminished mental faculties. And then I got to tell you, Ben, he made it worse. He made it worse by, A, for 45 minutes, nobody knew what the press conference was going to be. And everyone was like, oh, my God, are we going to have a President Kamala Harris? Like, that was really frightening. But then when he got up there, he did not perform well. And I think that only increased the concerns. And, 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 And so... We ought to listen to l- listen to a portion of his press conference that 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 occurred on 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 Thursday night. And, and let's point this out too: the media listened to them in the background. Joe Biden as president has never had to deal with a media that was this in his face. I would even argue this hostile to him. They've always given him softball pitches. Something changed in the media tonight, and you could hear it and watch it in real time. Now, listen to the media completely turn like piranhas on Joe Biden. It's incredible. Here it is. Thank you, and I'll take some questions. President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because, in his description, you are a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I'm well-meaning, and I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president, and I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. It's How totally bad out. is your memory, and can you continue as president? My memory is so bad, I let you speak. That's, uh, that's, that's my memory has gotten worse? No, look, my memory is not good. My memory is fine. My memory, take a look at what I've done since I've become president. None of you thought I could pass any of the things I got passed. How'd that happen? You know, I guess I just forgot what was going on. Mr. President, Mr. President, voters have concerns about your age. How are you going to assuage them? And do you fear that this report is only going to fuel further concerns about your age? Only by some of you. Mr. President, you want criminal liability today. Do you take responsibility for at least being careless with classified material? I take responsibility for not having seen exactly what my staff was doing. It goes in and points out things that appeared in my garage, things that came out of my home, things that were moved, were moved not by me, but my staff, but my staff. Mr. President, for months when you were asked about your age, you would respond with the words, watch me. Watch Many me. American people have been watching and they have expressed concerns about your age. That is they, your judgment. They, that is your judgment. That is not the judgment concerns, of the press. They express concerns about your mental acuity. They say that you are too old. Mr. President, in December, you told me that you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. 
So why does it have to be you now? What, what is your answer to that question? Because I'm the most question? qualified person in this country to be President of the United States and finish the job I started. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Why are you confusing the names of world leaders? I did not share classified information. I did not share it. With your ghostwriter. With my ghostwriter. I did not. Guarantee you did not. What the well, no, he did not say that. He did not say that. But, well, let, let me answer your question. The fact of the matter is, what I didn't want repeated, I didn't want him to know, and I didn't read it to him, was I had written a long memorandum to President Obama why we should not be in, this, in Afghanistan. And I was of multiple pages. And so what I was referring to, I said classified, I should have said it was, should be private because it was a contact between the president and the vice president as to what was going on. That's what he's referring to. It was not classified information in that document. That was not classified. When you look back at this incident, is there anything you would do differently now? And do you think that a special prosecutor should have been appointed in the first place in both of these cases? First of all, what I would have done is oversee the transfer of the material that was in my office, in my offices. I should have done that. If I go back, I didn't have the responsibility to that. That was my staff was supposed to do that, and they referenced that in the report. And my staff did not do it in the way that, for example, I didn't know how half the boxes got in my garage until I found out staff gathered them up, put them together, and took them to the garage in my home. And all the stuff that was in my home was in filing cabinets that were either locked or able to be locked. It was in my house. It wasn't out in, like, in Mar-a-Lago in a public place where, and none of it was high classified. Didn't have any of that red stuff on it. You know what I mean? Around the corners? None of that. And so I wish I had paid more attention to how the documents were being moved and where. I thought they were being moved to the archives. I thought all of it was being moved. That's what I thought. Now, what was the last part of your question? Whether a special counsel should have been appointed in this case and in the case of your rival president, former president. I think a special counsel should have been appointed. And the reason I think a special counsel should have been appointed is because I did not want to be in a position that they looked at Trump and weren't going to look at me, just like they looked at the vice president. And the fact is they made a firm conclusion. I did not break the law, period. Thank you all very, very much. Senator, you, you hear the president wow. there, and he lied, by the way. He lied. He lied on tape, by the way, after he was out of the vice presidency. He's saying to his autobiographer, quote, the classified documents are in the basement. He knew yep. this. And then yep. he's acting like he's telling the truth. And there's those documents in his garage next to his Corvette that he completely didn't even talk about there. Yeah, look, look, there is so much in that press conference that is revealing. Number one, you're right. The press has turned on him in his entire presidency. Joe Biden has never had a press conference remotely like that. They are suddenly asking the questions that millions of Americans have been asking since the day Biden became president and before that. And, and, and to see the press turn on him is a big deal. I promise you, after this press conference, the White House team was horrified. They were terrified. They were going, oh, crap, this has gone really, really badly. And these questions are not going away. 
And, and, you know, he stated there that the special counsel concluded he did not violate the law. That is not remotely what the Biden Justice Department concluded. Let, let me read you the beginning of the report, the executive summary. It begins with, quote, we conclude that no criminal charges are warranted in this matter. We would reach the same conclusion even if Department of Justice policy did not foreclose criminal charges against a sitting president. Our investigation uncovered evidence that President Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen. Now, note, he said in that interview, I did not disclose them. Well, in the second paragraph of the report, it says our investigation uncovered evidence that President Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen's. These materials included, I'm still reading from the report, these materials included, one, marked classified documents about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan, and two, notebooks containing Mr. Biden's handwritten entries about issues of national security and foreign policy implicating sensitive intelligence sources and methods. By the way, sources and methods, what that means is this was sensitive enough that disclosing this could endanger the lives of covert operatives, that when you're disclosing sources and methods, it it means you can reveal the identity of a spy, or it means you can reveal that, say, we have somebody's phone tap or the ability to engage in surveillance. And so if you're revealing sources and methods, that's a big damn deal. Let Let me finish reading. FBI agents recovered these materials from the garage, offices, and basement den in Mr. Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home. However, for the reasons summarized below, we conclude that the evidence does not establish Mr. Biden's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. Prosecution of Mr. Biden is also unwarranted based on our consideration of the aggravating and mitigating factors set forth in the Department of Justice's principles of federal prosecution. For these reasons, we decline prosecution of Mr. Biden. Now, what are the reasons they say don't prosecute him? that one of the key reasons they rely on front and center is they say he's too damn old and can't remember anything, and so therefore you could not prosecute him. But I'm, I'm going to read from just a couple of pages later. This is, again, from the report. Mr. Biden wrote his 2007 and 2017 memoirs with the help of a ghostwriter. In a recorded conversation with his ghostwriter in February 2017, about a month after he left office, Mr. Biden said while referencing his 2009 Thanksgiving memo that he he had, quote, just found all the classified stuff downstairs. So. He expressed an awareness that it was classified materials. And by the way, they have this because they have the tape. So he's literally on tape admitting it and. It continues in the next paragraph. Evidence supports the inference that when Mr. Biden said in 2017 that he had, quote, just found all the classified stuff downstairs in Virginia, he was referring to the same marked classified documents about Afghanistan that FBI agents found in in 2022 in his Delaware garage. Now, notice they say marked classified documents. He said, well, gosh, I didn't know it was classified. If it's marked, it has it stamped right on it. And but they go on to say, nonetheless, we do not believe this evidence is sufficient as jurors would likely found reasonable doubt for one of several reasons. And they go on to say, 
Several defenses are likely to create reasonable doubt. For example, Mr. Biden could have found the classified Afghanistan documents at his Virginia home in 2017 and then forgotten about them soon after. So he's just so old and senile that he's like, oh, classified documents. What? What? I'm sorry. What was I talking about? I mean, that's reason number one while they don't prosecute him. Um, they go on to say uh, another viable defense. Another viable defense is that Mr. Biden might not have retained the classified Afghanistan documents in his Virginia home at all. They might have been stored by mistake and without his knowledge. But then they say, given Mr. Biden's limited precision and recall during his interviews with his ghostwriter and with our office. So notice the ghostwriters back in 2017 and with our offices this past year, jurors may hesitate to place too much evidentiary weight on a single eight word utterance to his ghostwriter about finding classified documents in Virginia in the absence of other more direct evidence. And they go on to say, we have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview of him as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. Based on our direct interactions with and observations of him, he is someone for whom many jurors will want to identify reasonable doubt. It would be difficult to convince a jury that they could convict him, by then a former president well into his 80s, of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. Now stop and think. This is the Department of Justice saying you couldn't convince a jury he is capable of a mental state of willfulness. That's a big damn deal. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. 
This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my and this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I have like 15 different questions, and I want to go semi-rapid fire with you, Senator. So when this first came out, and I read what you just read to the audience, the first thing I thought was, yes, this is damning of the President of the United States of America, but this also lays a massive pretense down that Joe Biden cannot be held accountable for any of his crimes he's committed, any of the money that's come in from China, Russia, Ukraine, any of the money laundering with the Biden crime family and all these LLCs, and couldn't be held accountable for any of the suspicious activity reports because they just gave the precedent that they couldn't hold him accountable for this. So in a weird way, is this the Justice Department basically saying, look, we know what's coming down the shoot. We know how bad it is. We know what's going to happen with impeachment. We know what's happening with the Republican investigations. So we're going to give him an out right now to spare yeah. him. Is that yeah, look, a real possibility? Li- listen, this is a basis. If someone's not competent to stand trial, this is a basis that can that can keep him, prevent him from liability for, for any criminal offense. That, that, that is absolutely a basis that's not limited to classified documents. And, and uh, to be fair, they didn't find he is, the, the standard of being incompetent to, to stand trial is an exceptionally high standard. What they said is he's so old and senile that you couldn't convince a juror that he was capable of acting willfully, that, he, that, that you couldn't prove that he had the mens rea, the intent to commit a crime. Well, if that's true, that's as true about documents as it is about anything else. But if that is true, he shouldn't be in the Oval Office with his finger on the button. Number two, this concerned me even more. Biden's lawyers apparently wrote to the special prosecutor, her, asking that he revise descriptions of the president's memory Notable given voter concerns about his mental capacity. Now, when I read that, I thought, okay, this is a full blown cover up on a level that we've never seen from the White House, including Watergate, by a president's staff, uh, by the president's lawyers saying to the special counsel, you got to take out all the bad stuff here because he's running for reelection. How the hell is that not a massive story of cover up on its own? Yeah, look, this is damage control, and it's bad damage control, and it's out in the open, and they got caught, and, and, and it shows these guys are terrified. They understand that if Joe Biden is the Democrat nominee in November, there are going to be two things that you're going to see on TV ads all over America. Number one, and we talked about this on a podcast last week, the image of illegal aliens walking out of jail in New York City after having beaten up two New York police officers, being released with no bail, and then flipping the bird with both hands at the American people. That image, if Republicans are even marginally competent, will be played to the American people millions of times. And secondly, the quote that he is a sympathetic 
elderly man with, with, with an exceptionally poor memory. That, from the Biden Department of Justice, that will be quoted over and over again, that he could not remember when he was vice president. That is an enormous problem. And so his lawyers are desperately trying to engage in damage control, saying, please don't say to the American people what is obvious for anyone who's watching to see. Let's talk about the politics now of this, because you and I witnessed it for the first time in history. We played it for everybody listening. The White House press corps turning on him. Um, This is something he's never experienced. In fact, I want to play for you just an example of how quick CNN turned on him. You would have thought they were talking about Donald Trump, except they were talking about Joe Biden. Take a listen to this from CNN. Ultimately, what Robert Hur says in this report is essentially the technical elements of a crime, it appears Robert Hur is saying, were met. But what he ends up doing is looking at the soft factors. And you're allowed to do that. You have to do that as a prosecutor. And he takes into consideration things like what he says, and maybe this is overstated, maybe not. I'll leave that to the political folks. But he says, essentially, Joe Biden would have created a sympathetic picture in front of a jury. He had memory issues. He had age issues. And that goes into, did he, was he able to form the mental intent here? That's CNN. And they weren't done there. They also then went on to say that Joe Biden was, in essence, a liar at his press conference. Here's this. That is what blew my mind about Joe Biden's statement. Two major things he just outright contradicts or is contradicted by, however you look at this, this report. There are two things he said that are completely the opposite of what Robert Hur found. And who do you believe is up to, I guess, the individual consumer? First, Joe Biden says, I did not act willfully. Willfully just means voluntarily, intentionally. Well, the second sentence of this whole summary says, President Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials. The facts in here show it was willful. He knew. He talked about it. And the second thing he says is, I did not disclose classified documents to my ghostwriter. Page three says that he did that. It says, Mr. Biden shared information, including some classified information from those notebooks. Senator, I I watched that on CNN And I said, holy crap, they're turning on him. And this is the end of Joe Biden's presidency as we know it. They're trying to offload him in real time because of this report saying, here it is. Let's take him out. Yeah, look, this is a massive problem. And it's not a problem that goes away in a day or two or a week or a month. This is a problem that continues every day. Joe Biden remains in the presidency. I'll also point out something else which is this report implicitly exonerates Donald Trump, which is an enormous problem for for Biden as well. Because, look, one of their big marquee cases against Trump, now they're prosecuting him for damn near everything, including late library books, but but one of their marquee cases is that Trump possessed classified documents in Mar-a-Lago. And and let me read again from the report. This is what they say about Biden. Quote, Contemporary evidence suggests that when Mr. Biden left office in 2017, he believed he was allowed to keep the notebooks in his home. In a recorded conversation with his ghostwriter in April 2017, Mr. Biden explained that, despite his staff's views to the contrary, he did not think he was required to turn in his note cards to the National Archives, where they were stored in a skiff, and he had not wanted to do so. At trial, he would argue plausibly that he thought the same thing about his notebooks. If this is what Mr. Biden thought, we believe he was mistaken about what the law permits. But this view finds some support in historical practice. 
The clearest example is President Reagan, who left the White House in 1989 with eight years' worth of handwritten diaries, which he appears to have kept at his California home, even though they contain top-secret information. During criminal litigation involving a former Reagan administration official in 1989 and 90, the Department of Justice stated in public court filings that the, quote, currently classified diaries were Mr. Reagan's, quote, personal records. Yet we know of no steps the department or other agencies took to investigate Mr. Reagan for handling, mishandling classified information or to retrieve or secure his diaries. Most jurors would likely find evidence of this precedent and Mr. Biden's claimed reliance on it, which we expect would be admitted at trial, to be compelling evidence that Mr. Biden did not act willfully. As with the marked classified documents, because the evidence is not sufficient to convict Mr. Biden for willfully retaining the notebooks, we decline prosecution. Now, that entire passage, you could write word for word and simply replace the word Biden with Trump, and it would be a major defense for Trump. And this incoherence, the Department of Justice is going to have a nightmare because I promise you Trump's defense lawyers are going to quote that back at them and say, you know what? The Department of Justice was right. And if they were right about Biden, and by the way, on this podcast, we walk through how the historical pre precedent was president after president after president had kept documents, including President Reagan, including President Obama, including President Clinton. We walked through the history. That's what the Department of Justice just concluded as their reason not to prosecute Biden. And the obvious screaming question is, well, then why do you go after the opposing party other than because you are politically trying to stop the voters from voting for the other guy? You, you go back to politics of this for a second, and I can only imagine how stressed out White House staff is tonight. I'm sure you agree with me. It's one o'clock in the morning right now as you yeah, and I are still they're, they're all awake. They're, Nobody is asleep They're all right awake. Now. Yeah, and they're probably at the White House still. They lost Democrats today, and they lost the media today. And now it's got to feel like you're either inside the inner circle of Team Biden to, to prop him up and protect him, and, and now the Democrats seem to be circling the wagon. In your opinion, is this the beginning of the end of the Biden presidency? Do you think he actually makes it uh, to, to Election Day? Because he's going to dig in. That was clear from the press conference tonight. But it looks like, and this could change, but as, as of 1 a.m. right now, it looks like Democrats are saying it's official. We are not going to support Joe Biden in this presidential run any longer. we got to figure out how to offload him. Look, I, I think the odds remain very low that he steps down before the end of his term. I, I think as long as he is able to, to stand vertically and not fall over, he is going to finish out this year. Um, that being said, as I said at the beginning of this pod, I think the odds that the Democrats push him aside and replace him with, a, with Michelle Obama are about 65 to 35, or put it another way, it's about 2 to 1 now, more likely than not, that that the Democrats decide this guy cannot be our nominee in November. One other question I, I do want to ask you, does this change the way that Republicans investigate Joe Biden 
knowing that the DOJ has now basically said, you can't charge this guy with anything, or we're not going to charge this guy with anything. If they wouldn't do it now, why would they change that logic moving forward? How does that change the way that James Comer and Jim Jordan are doing their investigations? And should it change the way they're doing their investigations at all? It shouldn't, and I don't think it will. And as we've discussed at great length on this podcast, the evidence of Joe Biden's corruption, of his deliberately selling favors from the vice president of the United States to foreign oligarchs, to Russian oligarchs, Ukrainian oligarchs, Chinese communists for millions and millions of dollars. That evidence is very significant and and it is repeated evidence not only of doing so, but doing so willfully, doing so deliberately and then aggressively covering it up and lying about it. And I think we will see the House continue to lay out that evidence and to lay it out at great length. And I would point out, number one, an immediate step for that potentially is impeaching Joe Biden. And the Department of Justice doesn't get a vote on whether or not to impeach Joe Biden. But number two, great point, whether or not whether or not Biden gets prosecuted for bribery is ultimately not going to be a question decided by this Department of Justice. The chances that Merrick Garland brings charges are 0.00%. He is acting and he has acted his entire tenure like a political operative who works for the DNC. So Merrick Garland's not going to do it. Uh, And indeed, there is considerable evidence underscored by two IRS whistleblowers who are career employees and Democrats that Merrick Garland actively lied to Congress under oath, committed felonies, and obstructed justice. So with or without this report, this DOJ was never going to prosecute Joe Biden. That being said, if the House continues to lay out the evidence and we have a Department of Justice that is not controlled by Joe Biden, if there's a Trump Department of Justice and there is real evidence of bribery and corruption of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and and, and the extended Biden family, I think the possibility of, of, of prosecution is real and significant. One other question, and, and this is something that I think so many Americans want to know. When you see this report that just came out and you see the cognitive decline and what they're stating in this report, there you got to ask this question, who is running this country right now? Because if it is as bad as the, the special prosecutor is saying it is behind closed doors, and we know how this media has propped him up and protected him, And we know how the White House is is limited his schedule. He sleeps in the morning. He works usually between, I think they said, what, noon and four. He's not doing big events. Uh, He's getting the name of leaders wrong now. And who's alive and who's dead now on a regular basis? It's happened three times in the last three days. Who is running the country, Senator? And does that concern you uh, as well? So I can tell you, I get asked that question regularly i got asked that question tonight every week someone asks me who's running the white house who's running the government the honest answer and this is really scary i i don't know i genuinely don't know i have a theory i think it is barack obama but i can't prove that i don't know that to be a fact it's just that that there are various data points including the fact that obama remained in dc something no president in modern times has done. He's regularly in D.C. He's regularly holding court. He's meeting with Democrats. He's meeting with members of the administration at his house. And and so I think it is likely Obama, but I can't prove that. I just know it's not Joe Biden. So it is some combination of Obama and, and other senior White House officials and people like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and AOC. But 
the candid answer is I have no idea. Make sure you hit that subscribe, auto download, or follow button, especially if you're on Apple as the algorithms have changed. You're going to have to check and make sure you're still getting every episode. Uh, in that top right corner, if you're on an iPhone, make sure you hit that follow button and, the, and it goes to a check mark. And I'll see you back here tomorrow. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.